All right. Um, yeah, episode 15. Okay, go on. <clears throat> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 15 of Chewing the Fat with Melf Angry Me. And Melf, what is the subject we're going to be talking about today? Oh, you stitched me right up there, Matt, haven't you? God, dear. The subject today is a very special topic. We've got some great guests on today. And a lot of people nowadays just spend too much sort of time and energy on trying to lose weight and not focus on their own health. Yeah, and these guests we've managed, they are, they are TV superstars now. They're on Facebook Lives every day. So we've twisted their arms to get on here as well. And I'm lucky enough to have met them in real life, Mike. They've come down uh, the gym before, done a workout, and they've done a very, very entertaining video as well. Welcome to Chewing the Fat with Melf and Grimmy. Two PTs talking about life inside and outside of the fitness industry. So I'd like to introduce Loz and Baz from Rock Solid UK. Hello guys. Hey guys, how, how are you doing? doing? Good. All good. Just, just so you know, it's actually just started thundering and lightning here, which is actually pretty epic. The this. gods are listening to us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, guys. We know you guys are extremely busy, and me and Matt were chatting offline before you come on about mental health. And it's such a, a more spoken about topic. And I'll say to Matt, there's a couple of stats, interesting ones I got from mentalhealth.org. And you're saying that before like mid March, before lockdown, about 62% of adults felt anxious or worried. Then sort of like into early April, they found that one in five people drank more alcohol to cope with the stress of lockdown. Then leading into sort of like late April, they found that almost four in 10 people said that eating too much has been a, a way of coping with the increased stress of lockdown as well. So, I mean, it's been so much stuff going on at the moment with the pandemic and how we deal with it. And it's, it's, it'd be great to get your take on it really guys. Yeah, sure. Not a problem. I mean, you know, it's a pleasure to be here and it's always good to chat to you guys. And I think sometimes, obviously, the word mental health has got a stigma to it. And, you know, like me and Baz and you guys, you, you fight to change that. Do you know what I mean? So we don't feel ashamed of it. But I think I think the real thing that we should be talking about is emotional health. Because it's really our emotions that are driving us to do all this behaviour, isn't it? Yeah, emotions drive everything. And it's whether you're in a positive emotional state or a negative emotional state, it depends on the outcome of our behaviours. And I think if we start looking at your emotional states over our mental states, it's, people can understand it a little bit better. Because yeah. I think when we talk about mental health, the first thing that used to come to my mind was schizophrenia and all of these other conditions where people get placed in hospital or in mental health care. But realistically, if we look at emotional health, we've all got emotions. We run on emotions. And if we can start balancing them, understanding them, we can take back control of it as well. It's about managing them, it? It is really? managing. Yeah. We all have emotions. I think that's a really, really interesting subject as well, because the biggest words that is, you know, that people talk about is anxiety at the moment as well. Now, I don't know if you guys agree with me, you know, that anxiety or feeling anxious is just an emotion. It isn't almost a diagnosis in some cases. Is that correct to say? Yeah, so I personally believe that anxiety, as you say, is an emotion. And we need anxiety. 
you know, you guys, anxiety has helped you be here today on time to show up and do your best. And I think when it comes to anxiety, we're also frightened of it. Um, but it is an emotion that we do need. And anxiety is there to help focus us to something that's important. But the problem is, you know, a lot of us who have been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder by a doctor who's seen you for 10 minutes, um, you know, it's like, you know, they'll um, give you that kind of um, diagnosis. And then when you wake up in the morning, you start feeling anxious, you're like, oh my God, I'm anxious about being anxious. So we go from like a one or a two to level one million straight away because, you know, we're frightened of it because we don't understand it. That's really interesting. And reading up on obviously your, both your histories and self Laura, I haven't worked in the police force and, and yourself, Barry, you know, works in, in a prison service as well. So I guess being surrounded in those sort of environments and having gone through those tough times to be able to help people right now. Yeah. I think every, every day I had anxiety in the prison service and that's what kept me safe in the prison service. Because if I, if I went to a door and opened up someone's cell and I didn't have that a level of anxiety, I wouldn't be ready for whatever was behind that door, whether it was a self-harmer, whether it was someone who wanted to come and smash my face in, whether it was someone who was struggling with the isolation of being behind a door. You just never knew what you was going to get. So you had to have that level of anxiety. But I think the problem is in society is we don't understand that feeling. And when we get that feeling, we believe there's something wrong with us. And that just escalates and escalates and escalates. And then it gets to a point where we are anxious about being anxious. And we don't know how to relieve that anxiety because we don't know, we don't really understand what it is and how to deal with it. I get anxious every Friday morning because it's bin day. And I'm thinking, oh my God, is it recycled or is it dirty bin? Just never know. Is it recycled or is it dirty <laughs> bin? Oh my God. And I can feel this, this level of anxiety raising up. And it just, Baz, go out and look what other people are stuck outside their house. And I think you know, also for me, um, you know, obviously being in the police force, again, the same as Baz, you get a flash call, you know, in the car and it's like there's domestic violence or something kicking off. You don't go, yeah, uh, we'll attend. See you in a minute. You, you have to have that level of anxiety. I mean, but I know, especially for me with my um, mental health kind of conditions with the bipolar and the OCD, for me, I decided not to manage, you know, the bipolar label or the OCD label. I decided to manage my emotions and manage myself. So that's why I really needed to understand what anxiety was, because OCD is basically heightened anxiety mm -hmm. um, and understand what my mind was focusing me to, you know, so I could then deal with it. So would you say it's more along the lines of developing coping strategies for these situations? rather than being fearful of almost having anxiety? Yes, yeah, so for example, we, I went through a process when I was um, learning about the bipolar and, and the anxiety, and we actually have it as our rock solid model now <laughs> for everything, and it, it's 5A. So first of all, we have to acknowledge and accept that we've got that feeling, okay? And then it's about creating awareness. Why have I got this feeling? Where's it come from? What's it trying to do for me? Right? So you've got to get to that stage before then you can take action, whatever that coping strategy is. Because some people will just go straight to the alcohol or straight to the food 
And it's like, well, hang on a second. If you acknowledge and accept you feel like that, and if you created awareness around that, um, but people just jump straight into the a coping mechanism of action. And then after that, you can have a right, did that work? Maybe it was a meditation or a walk or exercise or something. And then you adjust that, you know? Because the thing is, if you, a lot of people don't go to the first two A's, they go straight to action. And their first protocol is the easiest protocol food, alcohol, whatever, whatever it would be smoking, drugs, sex, whatever it is. And it, all it is is suppressing that feeling for that short period of time. You, you won't actually understand it until you acknowledge it and you create the awareness around it. And once you do that, the pressure is just like, it relieves you from the pressure of it. And then you can take the pr appropriate action to deal with it. I really enjoyed your actual Facebook Live on this topic. And you mentioned that when you're in that sort of lull, almost, that you don't make any choices then. That's, that's your time to almost, you allow it to come, but then you, it's only temporary. But during that period, you don't actually make those quick choices we've all, been, we've all been there and i think that's part of the learning curve we have to go through that to learn about it before we can move on and i i mean i've i've learned this the hard way in terms of the bipolar when you've got a mania you do not make decisions you give me credit cards <laughs> no. you do not do anything right yeah. <laughs> so when you're kind of not in a uh, you know when you're in an anxious state or you're in a um depressed state or a low mood or a mania do not make any decisions because those decisions are going to be coming from a, a bad place, essentially. Do you know place what I mean? Of fear. Yeah, a place of, of fear, as, as Baz says. So, on the subject of fear as well, with the, uh, I hate to have the current situation, with the current situation, lockdown, however people want to dress up now, how do you feel people have changed during the last few months? And even going back to, um, say, a gym or, or training or looking after health care, have you found a shift? Um, in the last few months? I think people have used the lockdown as an excuse to just be lazy, if I'm honest with you, because oh, I can't do it because of lockdown. I can't do it because of lockdown. We've all got choices at the end of the day. We can choose to go out for a walk. We can choose to do some home exercises, move our body. We can choose to eat. But the thing is, I think with this isolation we've got, people are, we're social creatures. And when we are not being social, levels of anxiety, levels of depression do come up and we use the food as that coping stress mechanism. But we've all got choices and we could all do something differently, but we need to understand what's going on. Yeah. I think also, look, if you look at what's been going on, the media have witnessed into an absolute frenzy and scared the shit out of them, I swear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my content is just me swearing. I don't know what. Awesome. <laughs> um, but I think the, the media has scared the shit out of everybody. And they've put everybody into a fear state because people have listened to that and they've panicked. I think that's correct because everyone is almost in this heightened sense of fear constantly. Yeah. It maybe eased a bit now, but when we certainly open the gym again, there's almost that constant fear of what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. People challenging each other. You can't do that. You can't do that. And it, it got absolutely crazy at one point. And like, it's like, you know, people like you, um, Grimmy, have like really come out and, and shown people and talked about it because I think the problem is as humans, we get into a routine. So if people are going to a gym, that's what I do. And then when that carpet is pulled from underneath your feet, you're like, oh my God, well, what do I do now? Because nine times out of 10, we can't think for ourselves. 
And so we think, well, if I can't do that, then I'll do nothing. And that's why it's so important that people step up in the fitness industry, cut the shit talking about being shredded and start helping you know, society by saying, here are other ways you can do this. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like the health or well, the fitness industry turned on its head overnight. And it wasn't about getting shredded. It was about what we're really trying to achieve, which is health. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you touched it perfectly there. Focusing on you know, stripping us right back to actually human beings rather than, okay, well, if you've got a six pack, great. But if you're not mentally well, then it doesn't really matter, does it really? So I don't know anybody who's got a really defined six pack who's really happy. We did a, a CrossFit comp last December and as much as I loved it, anytime I've had to diet for a CrossFit comp or train, it's been, I've never enjoyed it. Never enjoyed it because the discipline required, like sleep times, you know, eating times, training times, the intensity of the training, the stress of the training, the anxiety leading up to it. Yeah. What someone looks like doesn't necessarily mean what, how happy they are to get to that point or what's required to do that. And I think sometimes the fitness industry need to make that more clear. And I think as well with obviously the, the current situation, that you know where people that fall into that vulnerable bracket isn't about being ripped or anything it's about being generally healthy so people have uh, underlying health conditions that people that are obese maybe do you think it has made people realize they need to get in uh, better health however that may be or not yeah we've had definitely had a few wake-up calls with people and emails from people saying that now is the time i really need to do this but, you know, again, it's like um, we've got to be open minded um, as people in the fitness industry step up and show people there is another way rather than like deadlifting a sofa or jumping around and getting on the floor and back up again. A lot of our clients, they can't do that. And so they'll see that and go, well, I can't do that and then not do anything. So it's like we need to think about the more broader spectrum, I think, especially now moving forwards. I mean. Oh, sorry, mate. No, sorry, mate. After you. Oh, thank you. Very polite, sir. Oh, it's so polite. <laughs> so polite. Do you want to kind of like quickly just summarise things that you've actually, you know, techniques or different styles of, of training or, or mindset control that you've helped with people just to kind of encourage them to, to get moving again? Mindset control. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Eight weeks. <laughs> I think the one big thing for us, we have told our clients, forget weight loss, focus on your health. And focus on your well-being and we, we have our six pillars um, that we get our guys to kind of work against and that is literally what we've told our guys just focus on your well-being how you're functioning every day how you're showing up every day go for a walk do some stretching keep everything low level because look as you said for me we're all so stressed at the moment What's the point of doing a really high intensity workout? Cause you're just going to push that stress through the roof. We need to just chill out, you know? Yeah. And it is, it is our six pillars and exercise is way down the line of on our six pillars. So we've got sleep, we've got hydration, we've got nutrition. They're our first course of calls before we even look at exercise. Then we start moving our body. Then we look at thought management and then we look at me time. Cause it's all about do, 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 do. Rather, we've got to think about filling our own cup up as well doing things that we enjoy. It might be going to cinema with a bag of popcorn or sitting down have a, having a bit of chocolate with, with your loved ones and stuff, watching a movie. We've got to do stuff to fill us up rather than just thinking, oh my God, I'm on a diet. I can't have this and I can't have that. 
it's so stressful and such hard work to be on a diet. Oh, mate, yeah, trying to share an ice cream with my wife, mate, no chance. No. Oh, exactly. No way. Doesn't no way. <laughs> Thank you. To toilet with you, so she doesn't eat. <laughs> oh, that's it. Hide the good ones under the um, the average ones, so she can't find them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But, like... <laughs> right, does she get the blue stripe and you get the haagen Is that the way it works? Uh, more the... She gets the milk ones and I get the, the Magnums. Yeah. Oh, Mag Magnum Crush Pots. Oh, they're so oh, my amazing. God. They're so good. <laughs> I'll do a whole pot myself. I think the other thing that Baz and I was so keen on doing over lockdown as well was showing up more and really just helping people understand their mind and how their thoughts are ticking away at the moment. Because like you said, you know, what, um, one in five have turned to um, alcohol and four in ten have eaten too much and it's like right well let's help you understand why you're doing that again it goes right back to you know the um, anxiety and why you, are you doing this where is that behavior coming from and you say that you think that's the most common thing is people tend to cope with food alcohol yes it's such an easily accessible item or modality whatever you want to call to actually suppress our feelings. It takes our mind away from what's going on and onto that item of food, drink, smoke, whatever it is. And then as soon as it's gone, we're back onto that stressful thing again. We think, ah, what can I do? Let's go back to the food again. And you get into that vicious cycle and then it's a learned pattern. And we've just got to break that learned pattern by doing something different. I've got a really good question. It's not even on the notes, I'm just gonna go for it. Go do, for it. Do you think, because something that I get asked quite a lot is, how do I get motivated? Now, do you think motivation is an intrinsic thing or do you think it's, it, it, people look for external ways to get motivated? What's your thoughts on just motivation? There's two different types of motivation, intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. If you can find something that motivates you internally, that's a bigger driver than something externally because a lot of our motivation is I want to look good in a bather, in a bathing suit or bikinis or whatever it is. It's all extrinsic. If I... If I look good, I'm going to be this. If I look good, I'm going to be that. Or if I'm if I can lift that more weight, it's all extrinsic. But if something comes inside, like for me, my dad died at 40, uh, 57, and I don't want to be that person who dies at 57. This is an intrinsic motivator for me to be the healthiest person because I want to live to 100. And that just fuels me every single day. And if, if, if people listening to this can find something internally that motivates them to be a healthier person, that is such a bigger driver force than looking good in a bikini. I'll say good in very commas because it's so subjective. Yeah. yeah. I'll keep thinking uh, bikini the way now. As soon as you said it, I'm just trying to picture him in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the picture yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. It should, it should be intrinsic, but I, I guess people do find sometimes it's hard to tap into that in, intrinsic motivation. Sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, and I think also the other thing I don't know about you guys, but we'll get people come to us. They're like, "I need to be motivated." You like to do what? Lose weight, and I'm like, "Jesus, that is a big goal because there's lots of different things there." So it's like, right? Why don't you focus on one thing? What do you want to be motivated to do? Well, I'd like to work out, okay, how many times a week? Three. Excellent. Why don't you focus on motivation to do that then? I would like to be motivated to 
and make it specific, use a role model, find out what they would say, and then um, make it a realistic goal. And I think sometimes that breaks it down, that helps with the motivation because it's then focused, you know, on what they need to do. But also another thing that they can do is actually find an image in their mind. I get our guys to not just do affirmations, like say, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy. We use incantations. So we actually get them to visualize what it's like to do that exercise or go to the gym. So they're actually pre-rehearsing it in their head. And then that image, they're going to bring their friends around with them, people they know, make it really bright, really colourful. So that image has already been playing through in their mind. So their brain, your, your mind doesn't know the difference from make-belief or reality. So if we can make the make-belief in our mind so real to them, then it's, it's already done. And they, they, they've, they, they've seen their self doing it. It's not as, a, not as scary as they might think. Yeah, it's not mentally so rehearsing So it's just it. rehearsing these protocols and these, doing what they want to do before they've actually done it. Would you say even sort of procrastination is a big part of it? Your typical overbooker person who says, right, I'm too busy to do that because they're constantly filling their diary up with stuff. So when they can't do something, it's like, well, I'm too busy. That's the reason why I couldn't do it. So, or I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. I'm going to drink two liters of water a day. I'm going to eat 1800 calories i'm gonna eat 100 grams of protein blah 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 next thing you know all goes to pot because they've almost overfilled their whole abilities like you said break it down to one simple thing create a good habit from doing it once that's a healthy habit let's try something different as well yeah. procrastination is a is an interesting word an interesting subject for me anyway procrastination is just you're putting off something that you don't want to do Okay, and, and it's, we've got a hierarchy list. So you wake up in the morning and you've got this list of things that you need to do. You will put the ones that you enjoy at the top of your list and you'll do them first. And as you come down, most people tend to put their health at the bottom. So by the time they get down to it, they're so tired, they're so knackered, they can't be asked to do it. But if we start playing around with our hierarchy lists and start putting health at the top, you will make goddamn sure when you get up in the morning, first thing you do is probably drink your water, have a breakfast and then move your body it's all about how we see it in a priority list of what we do in our lives you see i see um procrastination in a different way i see procrastination you would well of course because <laughs> i love to disagree with you Baz. <laughs> i see procrastination as being seated in perfectionism yeah there's no because, yeah because you're kind of questioning okay oh, I don't know, how do I do this? I know, like when I have to write a sales page or maybe contact somebody or go to do a training, I'm like, oh, I don't know, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? And you're asking these questions. It's like, why are you asking those questions? Because you want it to be perfect. You want it to be a certain way. You're not just going to get up and throw yourself into it and do it. But that's, that's why it takes more are energy. We're going to have an argument now. No, just, <laughs> I'll be right. That takes <laughs> more energy to do that. <laughs> But when you, when you have that kind of mindset around something, it takes so much more energy to do it. So it just gets suppressed down your hierarchy list, down to the bottom, because it takes more energy. The stuff you enjoy doing that's at the top, it doesn't take any thought process behind it. Like even buttons it, or magnums. It doesn't take any thought process because you, you do it so often because you enjoy it. So the things at the bottom, they're hard work because they take a lot of energy up. Yeah. As well, that is the reason why people should really enjoy what they do because it's 
less chance of putting off almost. Because during lockdown, you guys probably see on like Instagram and Facebook, there was a gazillion hit workouts going on. Oh, gosh! <laughs> so many arse cheeks and stuff on Instagram. It was crazy, weren't it? And everyone's a PT. I didn't realise there was so many uh, PTs here in Kent, but apparently there was. Um, yeah. Well, we went against... Tell me this, tell me this, Gary. How many people can do those hit training exactly. sessions? Exactly. We went against the grain. We were like, right, guys, today we're going to stretch and we're going to do low-impact stuff, you know? And that's what people want to see. It's, it's nice to watch. You think, wow, that's impressive. But realistically, yeah. probably about 2 or 3% of the population could probably do those hit, hit workouts. If you're someone carrying three stone on an extra doing jump squats and whatnot, it's just fucking... Oh, the joints. Oh, let's stick a weighted vest on her too, then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I did see a baked bean can workout. I thought, I'm going to nick that one. I love it. <laughs> However, having said that, like, some of our guys, they didn't have weights, and we were like, yeah. bring your cans and bring your water bottles, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, like, because even sometimes the thought of holding a weight for some of our guys is like, oh, that's really weird. Um, but like you, you guys were saying, it has to be something you enjoy. We have like our three S's. It has to be simple, right? It has to be satisfying. So it has to be fun. Like, you know, you were saying about the CrossFit competition. I know when we've done competitions at the end of it, I'm like, thank God that's over. Like, give me a cheesecake. You know, um, it's not something you're going to want to do all the time. I think you've got to have the right mentality to do that because yeah. I don't know about you, Grimmy, uh, Mike, I love competitions. I love, I love that. I love that competition, that edge going into it, where you are scared, nervous, the anxiety's up. When you've gone through it, you think, wow, I've done that, that's an achievement. But I think that's a learned behaviour. Mm. I was going to say, Barry, about your motocross. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some of that on YouTube, and God, mate, that's ridiculous. Oh, I've, got, I've got the scars to show from it as well. But like that, I, was, I had a, I busted my knee, I smashed all ligaments in my knee, I had surgery on the Monday. My mum, what's that noise outside the house? And then it was me thigh to toe in plaster riding my bike up and down the driveway and it's when, when you're a sports person you've got that um competitiveness in you it's yeah. there, there is a drive to do it but not a lot of people got it that's very interesting about you say about competition because when we've had competitions at the gym and they're only like gym competitions it's not like the olympics even though some people may think it's the olympics yeah <laughs> um but you get some people that you know get so much anxiety before doing a workout and you know guys you do this every single day in the gym and then yeah. after they, they turn around they're later like, this is the best thing we've ever done but still get that that feeling of anxiety every time they do that yeah, but that just goes to show that anxiety is just preparing them to do the to do what's coming up like public speaking i shit myself when i go up on stage to do a public speaking the words don't come out but you have to focus that and control the anxiety and that only comes when you understand and acknowledge what's going on. Yeah, accept, acknowledge, awareness before action. And, and I think that kind of takes us nicely on to our, I mean, the final question for myself was in regards to sort of how emotions control our eating behaviours. And um, again, I really enjoyed your Facebook Live on this one, especially Laura's um, um, analogy of the baby's dummy. I love that one. Yeah. But it's, it was really good. I mean, I really... You've done your research, guys. I turned it into more of a... A therapy session i was like literally put the note put down i was like this is like oh, it's really really good topics that you guys put out thank you i appreciate that we love talking about it um it's a real passion of ours but i think the reason that we're led by our emotions so much is because we're led by the the programming that we have 
So when it comes to emotional eating, um, you usually find this, there's two parts to emotional eating. You are a bit like martini anytime, anywhere, any place, right? <laughs> Which means that you've got sign of like some underlying current in your life where you feel inherently depressed, lost, lonely, something like that. Or there's a specific location, a specific food or a specific event that you eat for. But basically what we have to do is we have to understand that all of this behavior comes from our subconscious and our subconscious is where we hold all our patterns of behavior, our language and, you know, and all our beliefs and values. And we're about in that about 99% of the time. Now, our minds will do the best strategy for the most happiness, even if that's a paradoxical thing like eating. So, for example, say we're feeling lonely, isolated, scared in lockdown for example because times are uncertain if when we was younger we had a pattern of behavior which made us feel fulfilled loved comforted where we baked with granny we had sandwiches with dad we had a glass of wine with mum and dad whatever it was or subconscious i almost see it as kind of like a, a job sheet so you've got a guy standing there and he's like right uh Loz is feeling a bit sad today and depressed and lonely who, who's got a remedy for that? And you've got Bill and he's like, eh, this is me. Um, when we was younger, we used to bake cakes. She loved that. Right, that'll make her happy. Right, let's get her some cake then. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like, it's this quick, all, quick, 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 quick firing. And that's why we're like, acknowledge, accept awareness, you know, before you take that action. And I think that is why everybody has gone into this spiral because we've got so many patterns that have been triggering that have caused us to eat. Does that make sense, Mike? Oh, yeah, I'm mute, sorry. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's subconsciously, and the more we do it, it reinforces that behaviour. And when obviously we get that, that trigger, then we have that behaviour that, oh, you know what, I know last time I felt sad, I had that Mars bar. Ah, oh, I felt better. I'm going to have that Mars bar again. Yeah, it gives, yeah. a gives you a level of certainty. Well, yeah, yeah, like, for example, we have a lot of people who might have been bullied at school, for example, and they get the pocket money, and after school or before school, they'll go and get a Mars bar or a packet mix of sweets, you know what I mean? Penny mix-up. Penny mix-up, which is like a quick <laughs> mix-up now. Uh, you know, and you feel that level of, like, satisfaction, freedom, mm. control. So now when you're in a situation where you're restricted and you feel like you're being threatened, the first thing you want to do, go, oh, I need to have something to eat before I do this. Mm. And it's always chocolate or it's always a penny mix up or something like that. And it's like, we have to make that connect in order to be awake to, to get us to deal with it. Sorry, Matt, I know you were. No, no, so I was, I was just listening. Oh, I saw the finger go up. I thought that was it. Oh, no, 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 I was up. <laughs> the finger. <laughs> um, so, yes, guys, I've actually completely missed the top note, and that was the introduction of yourself as well. So, we're going to use that as almost the outro. Yeah, I completely skipped that one. I just didn't scroll down. But anyway, so obviously, I've met you guys before. For people who aren't listening, where do, where do you guys work? Um, what sort of clients do you work with? I know, I know your stuff's online, but could you go into it a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Do you want me to go with that? You, you can do it. Oh, thank you, Barry. That's so lovely of you. So, <laughs> well trained, see. <laughs> we're Laura Barry at well trained. I, I swear to God. You know, sometimes, even when someone breathes, you just want to kill them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're Laura Barry at Ash um, and we run uh, Rock Solid. We are based down in Folkestone, in Kent, sunny Folkestone. Um, and we, we basically work from home. and. At, 
about 90% of our business is online and then we've got our own little private gym. Um, but our vision really, to be honest with you, our bigger vision is to make it impossible for anybody to fail with their health and well-being. That's our mission that we're going for. And the way that we do it is we, we expose weight loss blueprints within the industry and help people with their own personal pathway to transformation so they can create their own version of health and well-being. Yeah. Um, and we tend to work with people who are sick and tired of the quick fix diet brigade. Yeah. You know, that are fed, fed up of all the false promises of buying plan after plan after plan and they're starting to realize hang on a second there's something bigger in this this is all about health now for me we work with people that want to take ownership of their own health and well-being yeah, yeah. it's a fantastic message as well guys i've followed you for years now and obviously you know we've met before you've come down the gym as well and we've even done a facebook live um so i love you you guys much it's very unique it's very refreshing um and i think as well like it's a a big pot of people who have tried these quick fit plans that almost blame themselves because they fucked it up or whatever when actually it's not them it's the, the plan yeah it's so true so true yeah, and then absolutely. you get into that vicious cycle i'm not worthy i can't do this i'm always going to be i'm always going to be because they haven't found their version of health they've just tried to shoehorn themselves into that plan this plan the other plan but i mean nine times out of ten people come <clears> to us and they are completely broken because they've gone on diet after diet after diet and they find what we do so refreshing because the word diet for them just means can't have that. well it means um self-esteem self-worth failure and we're like forget that let's focus on health mm. you know let's not do the short term let's do the long term how do you want to be for the rest of your life you know let's get your sleep sorted what you want me to sleep this week yeah <laughs> It's nice because it takes away, like you say, that stigma attached to um, improving your health. I think, like you say, people think, improve my health. Okay, so what diet do I go on then? And it, we want to take that stigma away from it. So you say, like, okay, well, this week I want you to sleep better and that will improve your health. Oh, okay, I can do that. And then straight away they feel better about that. For everyone else out there, I mean, what are your social media links that we can use to follow you? Do you want to say? Because you, you, you haven't got a clue, have nope. you? <laughs> <laughs> so if you, you check us out on Facebook, we're Rock Solid Health. Yeah. Um, we're on Instagram, on the IG as Rock Solid UK. Yeah. Um, and our website at the moment is rocksolidforlife.com, but it's changing to Rock Solid Health. Also, as well, actually, I noticed you on is it SoundCloud, your podcast as well. Yes. SoundCloud, yeah. And, the Fit Mind Project's on SoundCloud. Uh, and we're on YouTube as well as wow. uh, Rock TV. Back to SoundCloud. Sorry, I saw episode 17 is um, Jet from Gladiator. Oh, oh. A good friend of mine now. Love Jet and uh, the Wolfman. Your face! Yeah. Well, here's, here's another little story then. Uh, when I was doing my bodybuilding, um, when we were doing bodybuilding, we were trained by Panther from the Gladiators. Oh, and Sean O'Reilly is a husband who trained all the Gladiators. So he trained us for our um, bodybuilding competition. So we know Panther and we know. Um, Jet as well. Matt, your face is a picture. <laughs> Jet, really? That's the best thing I've ever heard. I used to love Jet. We know her by the name Diane, of course. She still did it quite up there. Oh, I tell you what, I had, a, I had a crush on her when I was watching The Gladiators, and literally, she's better in real life than she was on TV. She is a phenomenal woman. And she's yeah. so lovely. She is a phenomenal woman. She's beautiful. 
every Saturday night, wasn't it? Every after uh, yeah. what was it? After Jeremy Peter, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Jet on the Rings. Bring back Gladiators, I say. Well, well, they did, didn't they? They did. The name was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, my yeah. mate. It wasn't, it wasn't like the old days. Nah, you can't beat it with the big yeah. foam hands. Uh, uh, I went to Gladiators <laughs> in real life, and it's the most unentertaining thing because they have to set up the whole kit, which takes up three hours between each one. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. can you imagine? Boring. Sorry. Hey, spoiler. Spoiler. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate you taking time out spreading your message to you guys if you're listening to this please check lots of buzz out on their previous tags mike stay safe for me guys stay well and lots of buzz take us away thanks, thanks so much, much guys. guys much appreciated see you soon